Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with Camaro Dave Commander Chris coming to you from our world famous Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in downtown Portland. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. You can check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Speaking of beef, Mr. Beef is here today. Will Homer from Painted Hills. Oh my goodness, that's a big, big moniker right Isn't there. Isn't that a big moniker? Well, you got the little thing on your shirt. <laughs> I right? did. I wanted everybody to know who I was today. Yeah, well, you should. That means I got to turn that down. Uh-oh. There you go. He, Will's got the best voice. If we could get him to do commercials and stuff, he would be great. I always thought I'd, I always loved the radio when I was a kid farming and stuff. Yeah. And I always thought that'd be fun. But. Hey, you'd be good at it. You'd be really good at it. What's going on in the beef business right now? Oh my goodness. Which part do you want to talk about? Well, it's um, crazy. I'll, I'll tell you which part. I saw a headline this morning before I came into the studio. Biden wants to break up the beef industry. Oh Lord. Those, those folks back there don't understand at all how convoluted and complicated this industry is and the things we go through. Um, well, he doesn't even understand what day it is. No, yeah, but my goodness. But the, the reality is the consumer is dealing with, uh, you know, supply and demand right now. I mean, they just flat, they are buying beef. Consumer wants to buy beef. They, they said in a... In a presentation I went to in 2000, October of 2019, so I cleared COVID chaos and all those things, is that people had money and wanted to buy beef. They bought fat. They want to buy Wagyu. They want to buy Prime. They want to buy all the good things. Sure. And so um, that's that's where we are. And, and COVID forced them to go into the grocery store and actually buy more of it. And so it's between that and the, and the packing houses are struggling. They are the, – the harvest is struggling. They are doing – uh, still doing six days, set five days worth of work in six days, you know, and so that's five days worth of product on the street. But we have plenty of, but beef. we have demand for eight days worth of product of eight days week, yeah. you know, production, and we don't have that to build. But yeah, we have lots of cattle. And I actually I signed up for a new thing the other day that surprised me. But around the world, we're starting to get ahead of the cattle supply. Um, Australia's way ahead of the cattle supply and Brazil's getting ahead. And a lot of these other com- countries that you think, well, I don't see that in my store. Doesn't, it's not, it's not that it's in your store. It's, it's a worldly market. Right. And so f- for example, when Korea and Japan can't get the Australian beef to fill their needs, they come to the United States. China has actually outgrown the Korean and the Jap- Japanese imports of of u.s beef it, it's it's just a worldly market it's just huge and right and that's affecting us here locally too uh and, and between that and extra money and well it's just all on fire well it's the crazy. australians can't get out of their homes yeah i mean i mean truthfully i i you know their government has taken we thought our covid protocols were stringent yeah. and stuff 
the Australians are 10 times worse. But you, yeah. but you hear a different noise. You hear different yeah. news and different noise because I was listening to these guys talk about the Australian supply and the Australian demand and, and the prices for things in Australia, the prices for ribeyes and ground chuck and all those things are through the roof down there. Right. Because people are buying it, and they said the demand is huge down there. And even though they're stuck in their house, they still got to eat. So it's it's right. still the same effect. It's still huge. It's still just a huge. We're just out of it. Like everything, we're out of chips. We're out of CO two. You hear read about that? Now China's out of coal. We're just out of everything. How- <laughs> and how does that work? Because it didn't like you. Just look in the look in the coal hole one day and say, okay, know. we're done. Well, now, wait a minute. Now, how does that work? So I went over this on the way down. I got to explain this to your listeners because they're okay. going to enjoy this. And this is back on beef track, actually. Okay. So <laughs> so your your grocery store might not have what they need, right? When you walk up to the beef case, it might not be there, you know, and, you're, and my customer might be mad at me because it might not be there. Then the retailer... He ordered it, but it didn't show up on the truck. And he might be mad at me because it didn't show up because he doesn't know where it is. And he didn't know where it, it, it didn't show up. I've had I had two trucks this week that went to a warehouse that suffered. Uh, did, I'm going to suffer detention fees. I can't get the sale because I can't get the product to the store. I'm going to suffer detention fees because the truck pulled up with as little as a pallet to back up to the door to drop it off, and no one answered the door. No one answered the need. Six hours a truck sits at a warehouse waiting to drop one pallet. You know, trucks have time limits and time right. restrictions. Right. That truck has to move on even late for its next appointment and 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 acquiring more more. Uh, penalties as it goes down the line yeah and still the consumer doesn't get the product that they want that they need and and that's just people that's just that's just people working li- limited number of right. people to handle the product we have that's just within our own system and so it's crazy it's just it's just mind-boggling how convoluted and how much this all how this all works and it's so kinda like docking fees for airlines every time they pull yeah. up and they pull out that sky bridge. Yeah. The old number was 10,000 bucks. I have no idea oh, what gosh. it is today. Yeah. I, I don't. But that was the number. And so that's why when they closed the door, they would never let, you know, even if the passenger was right there and the plane was still sitting there, they yeah. wouldn't run it back out, run it back out to it, hook it up and open the door. Cause that's another, at that time was 10,000 yeah. bucks. This was 20 years ago. Yeah. Before. No, I'm sure. So it's gotta be similar to that. I'm sure. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a crazy world we're in. So, yeah. yeah, it's just a it's just a difficult all the way around, and that's just the last step. Get the box to the customer, and uh, so it's it's nuts. It's but nuts you've still there. got ample supply. But yes, live live cattle. Yes, and in the United States, we're still behind. So, as a general theme, we've been behind ever since the kink came in the system in the spring of 2020 and they've been pushing this wall of cattle ahead of them and the all the talking heads out there have been hoping for that day that that it's going to clear up and all the money's going to roll to the cattlemen and it's going to be all great and they just keep pushing these cattle out ahead of them and they just we just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and so who does the pushing the packer by only being able to do 5 days worth of work in 6 days right so there's six and a half days worth of cattle, but they only got five and a half days worth of five days worth of labor. So it just keeps pushing them ahead, and so it it means that the price is is the, we feel like it's not real, and and I say that because the price of a live animal is not real because I feel like the price the 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 
processor, the big guys, right. are paying what they need to pay with the administration and the cattlemen and all these guys pointing at them going, oh, my God, you're not paying enough and we're you're making all the money and you're doing all these things. In reality, they don't have to pay nearly as that much. They've sure. been paying this courtesy bid for two years now. And and it's just enough to get out from under the cattle. It's not it's not a winner. And that that hurts people's feelings because the beef is a winner right now. But because there's not enough to go around and you got to you're basically apportioning it or or slowing it up with the price to fit the customer. But the pat but the but the uh, cattleman doesn't get to take advantage of that. That's going to change. That that's going to change. We're harvesting a lot of cows right now. Beef is beef is high. That me and drought is strong, so that means a lot of cows come to town. I harvest a lot of cows, and a cow is a different market. There's there's only a hundred thousand of those harvested a week, not five hundred and fifty thousand fat cattle. Right. Right. So so uh, that those cows that come to market today will affect the calf supply in the spring of twenty twenty three. So ways out. it's going to shrink, but by the time we get there, it's going to be, yeah, it's, and then, and then will beef be higher? Nah, who knows? Who knows what beef will be? Beef will be based on demand. What's the consumer got? How much money right. they got? How many want to buy a rib steak versus a chuck roll? But, uh, what will the cattle price be? The cattle price will be to keep that engine running, keep that plant running. I always go back to the days of Chevrolet when they had to close them plants or run the plants on those big Suburbans and nobody'd buy them. You know, I right, just kind of right. get stuck there. So, well, and that's we're looking at the screen here, and there's a news. Oh gosh, no. you know, like that, and you you're seeing some of the people in Washington, some of the the oh. power brokers and the decision makers. Uh, my guess is, except for maybe a handful of them, they've never even set foot on a cattle ranch or oh, a feedlot or anything like that. So to say we're going to break up the beef industry is really kind of a dumb thing to say. Well, the, the biggest thing is that, that it, in, um, I think it's been 25 years. There's, they call it the big four, but really it's the big three because, and, and they, what they've done is JBS absorbed two of the big four and turned it into one, and now they've sucked national up and brought them into the make it big four still. But in the last thirty years, they've went from eighty three percent of the total market of beef to eighty seven percent. There's no change. There's been no change. Right. There's been no. There's been no change. And it's and that's the part that that nobody can comprehend. Nobody understands. It's comp. It's convoluted. It's complicated. I got a, I got somebody coming to me who wants to build build a packing house for me to. Kill two hundred head a day, and the and the process as I look at it is is it's so expensive to be a small processor, right? Versus what efficiencies they have, and and no one understands that until they go stand in that facility and understand that that it's 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 just yeah, it's just a bunch of rhetoric out there that people don't understand. But those folks in Washington D.C., I watched a few. Uh, events they had uh, where they tried to really grill some some people in the industry, and all they used it was for a platform to stand on. There, they didn't know what was going on. It was terrible. It was atrocious <laughs> that we send people like that. To <laughs> there were a few good ones, but boy, there were it was terrible. Well, they don't. They have some talking points put together by their aides, and they have a 
you know, they get five minutes of time to, to question you and they do four minutes and 30 seconds of, you know, pomp and circumstance. And then they ask you a question that you can't really, they want a yes or no answer. And it's not a yes or no answer. Yeah, There's right. too many moving parts oh to goodness. say yes or no. I mean, oh my goodness. It, it's pretty crazy. It uh, we're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. I promise we'll be back. Uh, Wilhelmer and I will be right after these words. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. Today, we're talking with Will Homer from Painted Hills Natural Beef, who's been so good in supporting this show over the years if you would like to email us uh, a couple of ways you can do it you can go to barbecuenationjt.com just barbecuenationjt.com there's an icon there you can send me a message that'll come right to my email box or if you do the info at the cowboycook.com um you can do that that goes to about 37 people but either way it'll eventually get to me and i'll try to answer your question you can find us on facebook which is barbecue nation slash JT Twitter is cow cook 57. And we also have uh right, you know, barbecue nation Twitter account too, but they're all tied in. So, and I think we're on 33 platforms now, Jeez. social media platforms and it's growing. That's crazy. That is crazy. But what we do these days, I know. anyway, I can't tra- keep track of three of them. Yeah. It's, it's, that's why I have David. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're talking with Will Homer about the cattle business. So, you know, you've been on this show a lot of times and, and, and I, and the people do really enjoy trying to get the, the backside of the original side of the cattle story, not just the local and national news saying beef prices have gone up and somebody, you know, whose hair gets on fire immediately and then they're going to try to fix it. Well, I don't know how you would fix it. I don't know how you could fix it because it's all set up. It's a big moving machines so well it is and and the cattle you take you take an animal and you harvest it and you sort it down to, to a whole bunch of different pieces right so one one thing you need to understand is that right now the ribeyes are on fire the the, the consumer has a lot of money mm-hmm. they want to buy fat like i mentioned earlier and they they have fallen in love with a ribeye and and so the ribeye prices through the roof through the moon it's it's insane but there are items they've left behind and and there's a the i the story i wanted to tell you was uh about the flat iron and so this year the the we went through 2020 and the grocer focused on the retailer focused on the same items that the gross the the food service the restaurants yeah. did before ribs strips tenders all those things sold well in 2020 and everything went right around the loop and we went into march april may of this year and it all those prices took off because there was short supply right i've said five hours worth five days worth of work in six days right and so then we got to june 14th where they looked at their books and they said why aren't we making any money and the second thing they said was how do we make money so they it, it it's like magic but you can you can see in the national price for flat irons you can see how it was delayed 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 everything else went up from march april may and flat irons kind of slowly delayed along and on the 15th of june it shot up for in a week's time it shot up a dollar and a half almost almost like 35 percent. Right. 
why did it happen like that? Because they all did the same thing. They said, what is there to grill that we can put on ad that, oh, my God, that doesn't cost so much? And they all jumped on the flat iron. But there was limited supply again. Well, they so, only got so much per cow. It, I know it, but it's crazy. It's the craziest thing you've ever saw in your life. So now we are in a, now we're kind of in a little bit of a retraction in a lot of items have fallen back down. Strip loins are back down. Tenderloins are lower than they were. They're not totally down. But um, uh, some of the and some of the rounds are starting to pick up because that demand has moved away and into the round meat. Of course, that comes with clouds. Right, clouds come and restaurant retailers all say, "Well, we, no, nobody put the grill away. They all put the grill away. We got to have got to have paro. So, so anyhow, it's just have it, you know. But, but uh, the ribeye has not died yet. The ribeye's been on fire. It's been absolutely. It's just this week it started to fall back. And I've got some customers who want me to predict the future. And tell them. Well, what, I was going to do that next segment. What? The, <laughs> well, I can wait till the next segment then. No, no, you go ahead. Well, they want me to predict the future and tell them what the ribeye is going to cost in the in the future and in December. And I haven't been willing. And I've told them. I said, you just wait. You just wait. Something's going to happen in the market, and this price will break back. And I'll reach way back in the doldrums of my head, and I'll throw you a price that I won't feel so bad about. Yeah. And we'll go from there. So we're in. I noticed it was down. A buck and a half on Monday or something. So it's coming back. But it's but I should tell you, it's up six bucks since the second week of July. So it's got a ways well, to go. You just said something there. You said it's down a buck and a half. How does that buck and a half and we've talked about this before, but giving it as a real example, how does that buck and a half affect what they see at the grocery store, but also on your end as the uh, producer and the ranchers and stuff. How does that, well, how does that use the old Reagan tri- un- trickle down economy? No, you know, come it's on too now. untouchable to the rancher side. It's okay. just untouchable because there's 29 different pieces. So it's too variable. I mean, even the steer that you sell, I was thinking of this on the way down here too. I get lots of time to think while I'm yeah. driving, right? Well, sure. So if we, let's just round that number up to 30 skews and we're going to try and sell 15 of those up front and hot off the carcass that week. Boom, get them all gone. Now we're gonna have eight. We're gonna have seven that are gonna be slower than hell. They're gonna be. They're gonna be. Might be six, seven weeks. I might have to wheel and deal. Put some in the freezer, which I dread. But I'm gonna wheel and deal. I'm not gonna know the true cost on that whole animal for a month because I got to put all the pieces back together and try and assemble the carcass to know whether I made made or lost. Right. So you know they do a lot of things in this industry where they say, yeah, I only need I only need three dollars twenty five cents to pay for that steer. That's not real because they don't have the whole damn, they don't have it all back together for six to 10 months. Right. So, so that's how you, that's how you kind of do the whole carcass or the whole animal. We got to have the whole animal because we got to make sure we have all the animals and that, and I don't set the price. I, I follow the national numbers and the national numbers, they buy all their cattle for those big packing houses are mostly on contract and about 3% of them trade by auctioneer somewhere or yeah. by boy by sit down and negotiated trade and that's what the cattlemen are throwing a fit about three percent oh my god that's all there is well that's a lot because we kill we harvest twelve thousand head of cattle an hour in no this you country. kill them. okay you don't so, want them to save well yeah we i know but we got we got to get a brisket somehow yeah so anyway um anyway so i don't set the price to follow the price but boy they're gonna like that huh all that green <laughs> on there <laughs> That's all right. It makes pretty pictures. Oh, okay. Nice so, so that's how that works. So, so the retailer though, they, they price everything. 
based on the consumer perception, right? 1099, right. 999, 999, 1599, 2597. It always has those keys to it. Well, what you do is, is you take a piece of meat. Let's say I'm going to take a strip loin today. And I'm going to sell it to the to the uh, retailer. He's just got a number. He's just got a number. He's going to sell them every day for $17.99. And on ad, he's going to sell them for $11.99. And hope that the price fits on ad so that he can kind of cover some costs. We're going to take a break. <laughs> and we're going to be back with Will Homer from Painterdale's Natural Beef on Barbecue Nation on the uh, G Radio Networks right after this. Don't go away. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Have you heard about the lonesome loser beaten by the queen of hearts every time? Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, and today we're talking with Will Homer from Painted Hills Natural Beef. Uh, beef just like your grandpa used to raise. <laughs> We're in classic today. We're in classic mode today. <laughs> and Gunter Wilhelm knives, uh, great quality. I use them myself at home and on TV. You can find those at GunterWilhelm.com. I'm going to buy some of those. You want some? I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy me one or two. Yeah. Yeah. I need, well, I think I lost one during the wedding this week. So well, I, I wouldn't <laughs> doubt it. You know, when I used to do catering gigs, you know what I would lose? I'd buy yeah. these. When I first started, I buy the, bought these really nice serving spoons. Yeah. They're like stainless steel. Oh, yeah. You know, they're really nice. And they would go home with somebody else. So <laughs> then I, and I'd, I'd still buy the stainless ones, but they were pressed. Oh, yeah. You know, they weren't molded. They were pressed. Yeah. And they were a buck ninety a piece. So if somebody walked there out with go. them, I didn't care. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you, you learn. Yeah. You learn. Because you just saw $400 worth of spoons walk uh. out the door, you know. <laughs> Like, really? You got it? You no. want a spoon? Yeah. <laughs> Give me your address. I'll mail you one. You know, type thing. So <clears throat> we're finally getting some rain here in the Northwest. Yep. You know, it, it seems to be this kind of dichotomy of things around the country when you look at, especially in the ag world and the cattle business in particular, um, you know, we're, we got a drought. Mississippi and Florida and those Southern boys, they, they got water going everywhere yeah. like this. Texas, they're always dry in Texas. It doesn't matter what time of year or what year it is. They just seem to always be dry sure. down there because it's just the nature of the climate. Sure, yeah, you know? absolutely. And I'm not dismissing climate change or anything like that. But, you know, when you when you have a situation like we've had a really dry summer, what's the long-term effect of that on your world? Yeah, well, as I mentioned earlier, cows coming to town. Right. You know, we um, our cows are starting to come home now and dad's starting to feed them already. Well, that hay has to come from somewhere, and the hay costs money. Right. So you don't, you know, you you, just, you don't just wiggle your nose and the hay fairy shows up. You know, yeah. you got to buy it. It yeah. costs more money because guess what? Your neighbor and everybody else in the Northwest wants the hay too. Right. And guess what? They have a drought. They didn't grow. We we grew twenty five percent of our normal crop of hay. So we think we have enough hay to get our cows through winter. Now we typically hold our calves from those cows through the same winter. But we've hauled all our calves away, sent them away to background and different places because we don't have the hay to hold them. They still exist and they're still out there, but we don't have the hay to hold them here. Right, right. And where you're we're on the ranch, yeah. on the ranch. Yeah. So, so in the future, as I mentioned, in 2023, there will be fewer calves. There, there will be fewer calves. There will be fewer. There will be less cattle to harvest in the system 
that right now the industry is trying to build new kill plants and build a bigger processing and more production for an, for a live animal business that's trying to get the hell away from it as fast as they can and you know get rid of cattle and back down and back down right. now that's not to say that all the cattle are out here because they're not there there's only i'm told there's only four percent of the cattle in the united states in the, in the northwest and most of them are in the midwest and down and through that warm country where all that water is right. those people are doing fine they've, they've got plenty of pasture plenty of grass everything's fine out there for those folks so in fact too much in some places but uh, so the so the biggest part of the industry is going to have plenty of cattle but because there's cattle everywhere there's not a great deal of shifting of cattle if from out there to from from for there in the midwest to here out in the west so we grow cattle out here in the west one cow per 20 acres or maybe even more right. but we don't feed cattle out here for the for the system we have we have two large plants here in the northwest that are regional they work on canadian cattle as well as northwest cattle and california cattle and utah cattle and such but again it's only four percent those big facilities are all in the midwest because that's where the corn's grown and that's where the cattle are fed and that's right. where the cattle land so california most all the calves out of california go to the midwest through colorado a lot of cattle will come out of california come up here for some summer grass because they get winter grass california right come up here for some summer grass and then go back to colorado and nebraska and all that places to be fed there's there's a huge flow of cattle out of this country yeah, yeah. even though there's not that many Right, but but for the you know, but our corn costs more to grow in the Northwest than it does in Nebraska. So you don't grow an animal in Missouri and you put it on a truck and ship it to Boardman, Oregon to to feed it. No, 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 yeah. that doesn't make any sense. That does no, no, that's foolish. That's a that's a government deal. That right? would be the government. Ah, there you now you're in. Yeah, see, I got it. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. So. Go ahead and put on your, not for this Christmas, but you just said, you know, we'll be down on cattle a little bit in 23. Yeah. That's what you were talking about. Yep. Are there cattle that are, that you don't know about? Not just you, but you know, when you look at it. Oh yes. You, I know what you're talking about. You know, if you look at, if you look at the markets and they, and you look at the estimates and you, you know, there's, there's so much, and I don't want to call it hocus pocus because it's not, I mean, it's all based on real math and stuff but what happens if all of a sudden there's three hundred and fifty thousand head which isn't that much really right but, but in the big scheme of things right but all of a sudden somebody that you don't know about or the the bean counters don't know about dumps three hundred and fifty thousand more head of cattle on the market the, the usda keeps track of everything all of this stuff and they and then there's others that keep uh, private industries that keep track too right. because there's this thing called the futures market in chicago which is big money and that is the place where you lay off your your risk involved in owning cattle i can i can put my cattle on feed and i can sell them on that board in the future and i know my costs and i know and i kind of have everything pinned down now there's basis and all kinds of crazy things that can really chart, cost you money right but because there's all this big big money and big risk there's people counting all the time and the usda provides a, a report every month tells you how many cattle on feed how many cattle on feed for 150 days? How many cattle on feed for 120 days? How many cattle on feed that weighed 600 pounds? How many cattle on feed? It, they're, they're, these things are tracked all the time. Right. And they only track cattle that are in feed yards of 1,000 head or more. 
So, but they're, you know, and then that's a mixed bag. How many feed yards are there out there less than a thousand head? I don't know. It, it's a, it is highly tracked, but then it is, a, it's a crazy industry, crazy industry. Think about, I went to NCB, they had the NCBA the other day, National Cattlemen's Beef Association in Nashville. And I spoke with a fellow there who reminded me that the average ranch size in the United States is 47 head. That's not much. <laughs> so then I was sitting at dinner that, that not later that night, and I was talking to a guy who uh, feeds cattle over near the Illinois border, and there's a big processing plant over there, and these plants are always trying to uh, clean up their tracking. You know, they want to know where every animal comes from and be able to report all that information and make sure everybody has their BQA certification and all these things that, that the consumer is always asking about. He said over there in Illinois, the average ranch size is 31 head. Now, they're, 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 that's 31 head of boys and girls, right? Of, of when, the, when they're born, boys right. and girls. Right. So that's 15 head of cattle. And we trade cattle in truckloads out here in the West. I want to buy 50 head from you because I can send a truck and pick up 50 head. I want to buy 300 because I can send you know, six trucks and pick them up. I, I don't want to go around and pick up 15 head of steers joe's and bobs and freds but that's how the industry works back then yeah. and so it's just really throws you for a loop that somehow the industry goes from 31 head or 15 head of boys and 15 head of girls to an industry that harvests twelve thousand head an hour yeah holy cow it's that's, complicated that's, and that's just the feeding side yeah so <laughs> joe and you but you guys back there you tell me how you're gonna fix get this. your abacus out yeah, yeah get your are you hanging with my math here i i <laughs> Got a little slide rule out there doing this, you know, to the square oh. root, you know, how much, how much hair to the so square the, root. So the reality is this, and, I, and I'll put this down on tape because Joe needs to hear this and it'll never get there. But the reality, oh, to the reality is this, in 2014 and 15, the cattle business, the cattle side money went through the roof. I went to an event in December of 2014 and there was so much money into the cattle side because there weren't enough cattle to go around. There weren't enough cattle to feed these plants, and they were starving to keep them running. The consumer was hungry for because PED had struck the, mm-hmm. the pig business, mm-hmm. so that we were short on protein. And the whole thing was erupted. I remember hearing from the farm credit, and the farm credit guy says, we got, we've got huge amounts of funds in our accounts we don't know what to do with because the cattlemen had money. Everybody had money. The packer didn't have any money. They were throwing it all to the cattlemen so they could keep running. Since that time, the packer has taken a bigger position in owning cattle in the feed yard. So what I've seen since that time is there's a loss in feeding cattle. For me to go buy a batch of cattle and bid against anybody, I don't know who's bidding, but probably two or three packers in that bid, Right. there's a $50 loss if I manage to buy those cattle. And I'll probably lose 50 bucks on the other end. But those packers are buying most of those cattle to guarantee they don't ever get in that spot again. Right. So they've already, out, they've already bid the calf market up an extra 50 bucks since 2015 to guarantee they never get in that spot again. And the cattleman who raises 31 head apiece is bitching and moaning that he's not getting enough money. And it drives me nuts. <laughs> I feel like I'm the only one who knows that. So I don't know. I had to share because no, no, that, that's, that's one thing that's you need the to truth. clarify. When you say 50 bucks, that's 50 bucks a head. 50 bucks a head. Right. 
I just wanted our listeners to understand that. And, I, and they need to understand that this industry, now barring COVID, COVID put us in a packing place where there is profits in beef. Sure. But historically, 50 bucks a head was a ton of money because it's 12,000 head an hour, right? right? Not me. I don't harvest 12,000 head an hour. I get a shot at 600 once a week. But 600 right. times 50 is a lot of money. Right. And, to, and, and, and someday I'm going to be begging for five. And so it's, it's going to be, it's, it's something. This is a complicated business. It is a complicated <laughs> business. So believe it or not, when we come back, we're going to ask Will some bar- More? barbecue questions. <laughs> All right. And then in the after hours, I got some real humdingers for him. So, uh. <laughs> so I know you're just all happy about that. Um, we're going to be back here in just a minute on Barbecue Nation. This is the real original Barbecue Nation and uh, on the uh, G Radio Networks. And so don't go away. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the Barbecue Nation Radio Network. I'm Jeff Tracy, along with Will Homer from... Painted Hills Natural Beef has joined us today. Don't forget, Will will be around for the after hours, which is a lot of fun because we can say words in after hours that we can't say on this show. <laughs> um, don't forget, Meet Up in Memphis from Amazing Ribs is going to happen next March. So you can go to their website and check that out. Uh, you know, they, they will refund your money if because they've had to postpone it a couple of times because of COVID and all uh, that yeah. stuff. Now it's a go. Yeah, uh, it'll happen this It'll time. happen this time. And they've got a few spots available, so check that out. Also coming up in the next hour is Spencer Deffley from Naughty Wood Pellets. Um, they do almond pellets and plum pellets and all this stuff. He's California. Uh, Spencer had the contract to clean up orchards. Oh, That sure. was his business. Yeah. And the almond orchards. Oh, there's stuff. lots of junk comes out of that. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, so he finally figured out. He built his own pellet plant. Oh, nice. Stuff. So he's got some interesting things to, to do that. So we're talking with Will Homer. So... Because this is Barbecue Nation, and because I've been to your home and you've been to my home, and we, I, I know you can cook, so I'm going to ask you a couple, couple of questions. This, this isn't a skills test. Oh, okay. I'll put it that All way. All right. Okay. Um, over there in, in the valley in Fossil, yeah. who's the best barbecuer besides you? I don't have too many friends over there, so I don't know. I don't get invited to too many. You know, but actually, people are scared to death when I show up because I am kind of a snob. But I, I'm, I really just want to help if I can yeah. help. But um, I don't know. My dad is not. No, I know, I know that, too. And neither is your father-in-law. He's a grill. He's a grill at Sorry about that, Gab. I had, I had to throw that in there. So um, what's your... I mean, you've got access to any, any cut of beef you want, Yeah, you know, like that. What's your favorite one to, to grill or smoke? Well, I, I, I think a quick go-to is the culotte. I yeah. always go to the culotte, the cap off the top sirloin. That's an easy one and, and it has wonderful flavor to it. And I, I don't, you know, I'm the, 
I'm the guy who learned to sell it first and eat what's left over. Right. right. And so we actually had the, I actually twisted my own arm and made it where we had prime, prime ribs for my son's wedding because I would have pulled something out of the freezer. if I. <laughs> but uh, skirts, we have some outside skirts that if you can get your hands on them right now, those are on fire too, because there's not very much on a steer and, right. and food service eats that up. But if you can get those and grill them hot and season them up real good, that's yeah. like candy, just yeah. absolute candy. Um, and then our favorite, the tri-chip. Oh yeah, well, those are just those, well, those are, are easy. Too. Those are easy, and I don't get very many of those either because they just they just go. They are gonna slow down. It looks like as we go into fall, which is typical. So I take right. the fall ones and I make them user friendly, and then we sell them in the spring and the summer. I just I don't sell them. They're not. They're one of my favorite that. things that you're doing now, and I did this at a charity event last week. Was the Terrace Major? Oh yeah, those um, they're, they're shoulder muscle. I think you probably listening to the show i've heard me talk about them before but you know you can you take a little of that sinew and stuff off there the silver yeah yeah that, yeah but you can make them look like little fillets yeah we're like little to, steak diane dollars we're supposed to call them petite tenders or shoulder tenders instead of i'm supposed to throw that terrace major name out because we don't make them sexy enough but yeah i, I know I what you're talking pretty about cool you I know. what you're talking about yeah i know it i know it but yeah i've got a few of those that are starting to build up to those those are non non-winter items too and and um our society just buys what they want to buy when they want to buy it and so i'd rather freeze it than give it away for nothing right. in the winter time but i so. would i would advise people just as a as a cook yeah that if you're going to do tailgating or if you're going hunting oh yeah or anything like that oh yeah those are those terrace majors are perfect yeah for that they're great they're easy to cook they don't take very long and man they're like meat fire good you yeah. know i mean they're just meat, simple fire salt yeah it's pepper, good done yeah, you know that's good. about it that's that's really good um what is we only got about a minute left here and then we'll jump into after hours what is your best day like my best day i got to go drive around on the tractor and work in the pasture the other day though i hadn't done that in a long time yeah I, you know, I've kind of been cut off with COVID like it is. I like to go see people and talk to people and go to stores. And I, even as I came down here today, I didn't get all cowboyed up with my hat and my boots and all that. And I should have, because I want to go to a grocery store, but I'm not going to go in there if I can't talk to anybody right. or spend some time, you know? So I like to talk to folks, I, as you can tell by this, you know, oh, yeah. drive all the way down here to hang out with you for an hour and drive home. But <laughs> anyhow, I yeah, a it's a, fun. oh, I know, but I that, that's it. That's fun. I forget the farm part or the play part or the, I got to get out and do some more of that stuff. And, yeah. It's yeah. tough though. It when is. When you're running an operation like that, you, it's, well, you got so many moving parts you have to pay attention to. Just pay attention. That's really tough. Uh, Will Homer, Painted Hills Natural Beef. Check them out online at paintedhillsnaturalbeef.com. They also have a locator and you sell yeah. stuff now. On yeah, we have some online sales. That's still the toughest part of our existence right now. It's complicated. FedEx and UPS just really struggle doing their job. Yeah, but we're getting there. We're we're working on some things to make that better. Um, but it, it is difficult. But yeah, we and then call us if you want something or ask. We we're, yeah. we're good at answering the phone. Oh, they are. They're really good. Something that you haven't done with me, and I kind of took it out of the show, but uh, I'm going to put it back in this winter because we've got some big changes coming on this show too. A lot of fun. Awesome. Things, a lot of fun changes. Um, 
We did lightning round. Oh, you never yeah. did lightning round. With I thought him. I did. No. Maybe, well, maybe a long time ago. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, you know, this is a little different. We asked some pretty abstract questions uh, of our guests for those who are not familiar with lightning round. And so I'll start with the most pertinent one. Would you describe yourself as corn fed or grass fed? <laughs> I'm corn fed. You know what? My, I've got a cattle feeder that asks my dad, and my dad's a little ahead of me, of course. That's how we all fall off the tree. Right. And he says, Have you, are you prime yet? And then- <laughs> So yeah, I'm yeah, I'm yeah, I'm definitely corn. Oh, I'm right there with mold, you. Know, I'm boys. I'm I'm you know twenty more pounds and I can go to the slaughterhouse. Yeah, you know, like man. Um, boxers or briefs? Uh, boxers. There you go. Okay. You ever cook in a thunderstorm in your underwear? And I can answer that <laughs> one for you. I can answer that one for you. You can. Yeah. Have I? Because I know where you live, and there was a thunderstorm there that night. I was. There. <laughs> But I usually have my clothes on. Yeah, but you had shorts. I am getting my short. Yes, I am getting older. I'm getting into that shorts and black socks mode. <laughs> I'm gonna get you the. I'm gonna get you the um, uh, suspenders for your socks. To oh, put up Lord. around your cap. Oh, you know, gosh, do yeah. something like that. Oh my goodness. Uh, we're gonna get out of here, and don't forget, Spencer definitely is coming up in the next hour for those affiliates who catch it. If not, or uh, air it. If not, we'll be back next week with another edition of Barbecue Nation. And uh, we will see you then. Be kind out there, people. If there's one thing- Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.